Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Your Dose where we speak to individuals with real life lived mental health experiences to help people feel less alone and more connected. And today we are speaking to Joe about eating disorders, self-harm and depression. I hope you enjoy and thank you so much for listening. Hi Joe. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm also very good. <laughs> and whereabouts are you in the world today? I'm from a small village in the south of Germany. <laughs> Amazing. And what what do you think to Germany? I've literally only been to Berlin, so I'm not I've not got a huge amount of experience of the country. I actually love it here. Like I think we have a great healthcare system. The nature is beautiful here, so I'm very, very happy to live here. Yeah. Um I mean obviously nature is very important, but definitely the healthcare system. Yeah. Is it free healthcare in Germany? Well, I think so. I'm not sure though. <laughs> but I think so. Well, it's like mostly free. It's a bit different than in the US, for example. And yeah. how old are you? I'm 19. <laughs> Very nice. So, are you studying, or what's what? Are you, what is your situation at the moment? Well, I'm practically still in school, but I I'm taking a gap year, and then in summer I'll do a year of volunteer work. Volunteering in what exactly? Um, at a school. Ah. Yeah. So, what do you know? What you want to be in the future? Um, a teacher is. Oh. Not at all. <laughs> I'm doing it to get my degree. Okay. Because if I do, well, in Germany, if you do a year of volunteer work, you can get your A-levels. Okay. So that's why I'm doing it. I want to study international economics and IT after school. Sounds difficult. <laughs> What 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 do you want to be when you're older? To work at a software company, so something uh, okay. like software engineering. So, software engineer development. Very yeah. cool. Very interesting. Um. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit more about you. But obviously, what we're here for today is to learn a little bit more about your experience with mental health. Um, so thank you so much for being brave enough to share your story today. So I think, as always, the best question to start off with is what has your mental health journey been so far? Well, I've struggled with my mental health, I think, when I was 12. I think that's when it started and I fell very deep into depression. I actually had problems with self-harm for a long time and I think when I was 16 it was good for a year or so and then I started to really really struggle with disordered eating and over so that was 16 you started yeah with the eating disorder issues and obviously you're 18 now 19 yeah, yeah. So let's go back a little bit to, if you don't mind talking about the depression when you were 
12 was that um what how did you recognize that obviously 12 year olds is is very young yeah um people uh, adults don't really know that they're depressed so what were the what were the symptoms and how did you get the support at that age and recognize that you actually had depression well i think it was kind of like a trend at school where mm. people started to self-harm which is ridiculous to say but it was like everyone did it at 12 yeah at 12 it, it was like totally crazy and i think maybe it was like peer pressure or something at first but then i started to realize that i was like really really in a bad mental place and i really shut off all emotions and everything and my parents noticed and they took me to a therapist and the therapist like told me that I had like depression and yeah and it was it was a bit crazy to me because I thought like oh no I'm just like peer pressured into this but I was actually very bad and I didn't even notice at first wow so would you say that like your life at 12 was was pretty fine like you know you had a good support system life was good but it was actually way more to do with just trying to fit in yeah with everybody else yeah for sure yeah that's really interesting mm-hmm. and how did what how did it because obviously social media when you were 12 I imagine wasn't really a thing so was it a case of or was it or was it a case of like just people coming into school and saying oh I've, I've I don't know I've, I've self-harmed today and then it became a trend that way yeah i think it was more people at school and i also i took gymnastic classes and Um, all the people there were always like in the in the dressing rooms and they were like oh my gosh look at this i did this and then it it was literally ridiculous it was well not that bad for most of the people but still it was such a ridiculous thing to do and the trend didn't last for too long, obviously, but it oh was. Oh my gosh, I can't. I, I'm so rest. shocked that at 12 years old, it yeah. was a trend to self harm. Yeah. Because I know that the rise of social media definitely was it. Um, did you ever use Tumblr? No, I didn't. No. So Tumblr was like um, an, a sort of an Instagram platform back in the day, and people yeah. would upload pictures onto there and you would get a lot of self-harm imagery and and stuff like that but and that I think that definitely contributed to things like eating disorders and self-harm for then, sure yeah. but to think that you weren't even using social media and this became a trend it just shows how easy it is to be influenced as a, a young person yeah. um so obviously you had the self-harm issue your parents took you to go go get some help and then you were diagnosed with depression how did your parents deal with that with their child at 12 years old self-harming well i think they didn't notice at first Hmm. so they obviously didn't want to deal with it 
Um, but I, I don't know. It was very difficult for them. Mm, I imagine. I, I didn't talk to them. Right. About like my stuff because I didn't know what was going you didn't on. Understand it either. So how can yeah. you talk about something? Yeah, you don't understand. And I think I just wanted to fit in with everyone else. Yeah. So there was, well, for me in my head, there was no deeper meaning to it. So it was like very, very difficult for them. Yeah, I can imagine. So the, so th so then you had this depressive episode. How long did that last for? Probably three years. It was very, very long. Wow. It was a lot of up and downs. Yeah. And it was, well, I felt totally crazy because at, like one day I'm super happy and over the moon. And then the next day I just yeah. want to die. And that yeah. was like not funny at 13. Like, oh. How did you manage to maintain school? Did that, ha do you think that affected you in any way with, in education? Yeah, well, I think it, it helped me to have a structure in my day and yeah. I never struggled with getting out of bed that much. So that was pretty good with school. And I also saw kind of a social worker from school there who I went to regularly. Okay. So that was really good. So, so what, so in terms of the treatment then, was that the social worker was yeah. there to support you? Did you have any other form of treatment for depression at that time? No, I, well, I saw this therapist once, but I did not like her. I also, because I thought I was so fine and I really struggled to open up to other people. Yeah. So that was like my, my one person in school that I <laughs> already knew. So yeah. Yeah. I think it, that it's, it's a, the acceptance part of it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And if you can't accept it, then you won't want to receive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what do you think it was that was, was there ever a turning point? Or did you just go from three years of the depression pretty much straight into the eating disorder? Or was there a period where you feel like you'd recovered? Yeah, I think when I was 15, I was so good. I was... I like didn't self-harm. I was so happy for mm. basically a year. Mm. And then after that year, I think it was when I was 16. Yeah. I started to really struggle with eating and I thought that I never struggled with that before. Mm. So that was like completely a new territory for me. Yeah. But yeah. So would you mind talking a little bit more about the eating disorder and how how it started? What was do you, is there anything that you remember as like a first memory of uh, yeah. feeling like something just wasn't right? Well, I I saw a photo of myself uh, from a dancing class. I took 
lot of dancing classes in the past yeah um i looked at my body and was shocked i was absolutely shocked i, I was not 300 pounds overweight but i was i was not the skinny gymnastics girl anymore and that's like totally okay but i was so shocked when i saw that picture and completely bashed myself down for my figure and everything and in my head that's the point where it clicked and it really fell deep into the eating so how did the eating disorder manifest in the beginning was it exercise or was it eat controlled eating or a combination of both at first i'd say it was just reducing my intake mm. and then slowly like exercise creeped in and it like became more and more and it, this whole vicious stuff. Yeah. So don't worry if you don't want to answer this question, but what what would like a typical day look like for you with an eating disorder in like the depths of a of a bad eating disorder day? Well I'd wake up, go to school, stay as long as I could. I stayed at school for as long as I could to just like push, push everything out. <laughs> um, and then I'd go to a dancing class, go home and go to bed. That was it. So you wouldn't, during those days, how much do you think you were eating? Well, there, there were days where I ate pretty like regularly. Yeah. But also, a lot of days in like the very beginning of the eating disorder where I wouldn't eat at all. Wow. And then you were dancing as well. Yeah. And spending your whole day at school. So probably you're using a lot of energy up. Yeah. So you must have felt extremely exhausted, I imagine. Yeah. I think in the beginning, I didn't even realize it that much because I my I was not like naturally very skinny so my body was not exhausted that that fast okay but it was only when you started to lose more weight that yeah. you over time that you started to become more exhausted yeah um when did your parents recognize this or did they recognize yeah. I was actually in a summer camp at the beginning of the eating disorder mm. and i called my parents from there and told them i can't eat here i was i was so puzzled and conf like i was so confused i i didn't know what was going on and i was crying i was like i can't eat here i don't know why i just can't what's going on yeah and they also didn't know because like, they didn't knew me that so they kind of knew from the beginning and then I'd say like a year later 
really opened up to them and told them like i i love writing lists <laughs> so no. i came to them with like a list of stuff that was going on in my head and but also possible solutions and i told them about like treatment and all that stuff that's very mature of a, <laughs> of a 16 year old to be able to do that yeah I, well i don't know it was it was good that i did it i think because they i knew that they didn't know what to What's do going on. Yeah, yeah i think that's it isn't it like i remember when i opened up to my parents about what was going on and it was very much the same thing where I just didn't understand it. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what an eating disorder was. I think I'd looked on Google and like searched yeah. what why do I feel guilty when I eat? Because I actually didn't want to feel like that and I didn't want to live my life in this way. But equally I didn't understand it. And my parents, probably similar to your parents, are in a different generation where yeah. people don't have people don't have mental illness and we don't talk yeah. about that and like so what you did was actually incredible because you've been like look I don't think you'll understand this neither do I but I've done yeah. some research and this is what I think we need to do for me to get better yeah so what did that look like from that original conversation with your parents did you then go to the doctors in and explain what was going on and, and get support that way yeah i went to the doctors with my mom i think and he diagnosed me with anorexia and then i'm i'm very lucky i have a very nice doctor he immediately searched for inpatient treatment and i actually went inpatient <laughs> like a few months later which was really good i didn't stay for that long because school started again and i wanted to go to school <laughs> um but yeah it was so actually quite good how long were you in inpatient because i've so i've never worked i've done worked on psychiatric wards before i've never yeah. done eating disorder ward but i know that eating disorder wards if it's all females can be quite bad for picking up behaviors and kind yeah. of copying each other and like it's sort of like a sort of um if similar to what you said about the self-harm like there's a lot of trends so if someone's not eating yeah for a full day nobody else will eat for a full day did you have that where you were or i mean if you weren't there for long it must have been yeah. okay yeah well i was there for i think seven or eight weeks okay so like quite a bit but not too long <laughs> um and it was for kids and they were there were i think seven other girls with all different kinds of mental illnesses but um, most so of them had anorexia okay i think there was one with ocd too yeah i think i think that was basically it and so i was 18 at that point and it was very triggering for me to see the girls because they were so much younger than me yeah i bet and they all had this kid's body it, plus then anorexia and weight loss and all this stuff 
and I was basically a woman at this point. Yeah. And that was very, very triggering for me at first. So what would you mind talking a little bit about what life was like on an average day on the wards with it in this eating disorder unit? Well, we would wake up at, I think, seven and then the workers there would like check our vitals and all that stuff. Yeah. And we'd go to breakfast. Actually, I was in a wheelchair. I don't know. I, when you go there, you have to stay in a wheelchair at first until your mm-hmm. heart rate is, that- is okay yeah. and all that stuff. And yeah, we'd have breakfast then and go to like a group room play games or something, go to a snack room, (laughs) have our snacks, then go back to the group room. It was all back and forth the whole day for just, we would just go from like the eating room to the game room, to the eating room, to the game room. And how did you find it being away from your parents in and your friends and everything in this ward for like eight weeks was that hard it was so hard for me i didn't know that i was a person who missed home so much but i felt so miserable because everything was so controlled and i didn't like the food there and then they also found out that i had celiac disease okay but they couldn't give me gluten-free food which is kind of crazy and like a in a clinic that is about food seriously <laughs> um, so what, yeah so so what would you eat when you were there i just get like what the other people there would get like bread and all that stuff but you're gluten intolerant yeah so it was like extra harm like my body was already exhausted because it was a completely different eating schedule and everything Mm. plus then I like I'm eating food that I'm allergic to so that was that was really crazy for me oh my gosh and I felt so uncomfortable there plus my family was on family vacation like 14 hours away (laughs) how did you communicate with friends and family were you allowed phones yeah we were allowed phones for like an hour a day It was okay. And did they limit like social media use or anything or was you were allowed to use social media? We were allowed to use social social media, but most of us just used the time to call our parents and stuff. So Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get through that? Because <laughs> honestly that sounds awful. So Yeah. I mean you're so strong because like you've gone in there clearly in quite a a bad place to be admitted to then two months which isn't in a huge amount of time really to be in hospital recovering from an eating disorder so yeah how, how how did you do that how did you have the mental capacity plus an eating disorder to be able to overcome that well 
I did get along with the girls quite well. We were very good friends. And I well, I kind of quit the treatment after eight seven weeks um, because I was 18 and then I was allowed to like decide for myself if I wanted to stay or not. So that was really a thing that helped me get through it because mm. I know that I could just go home anytime. Yeah. So how was life when you got home transitioning from being in on a psychiatric ward where you're basically I know these wards and you are literally watched for everything, every single thing that you do, yeah. um, every hour of the day you're observed. Obviously you're observed when you're eating. Yeah. So, so yeah. How, how was that moving back home after having that? It was quite chaotic because I also switched schools in that year, but it was, it, it did felt like a new beginning, but I knew that I wasn't even near to recovery. Yeah. I did try to orientate on the meal plan that I had in the clinic because I thought that was actually like quite good. Mm. So I think like for a month or so, it went pretty well. Then I did slip back and- Relapse, yeah. yeah. I think I don't know what the percentage of individuals who have anorexia or any eating disorder within the first year, I think it's quite high that, that the chance of relapse. Yeah. So then you relapsed yeah. slip. And what did the slip look like? Well, I just went back to my old habits. Yeah. Like sports and eating less and the whole vicious circle again. Yeah. yeah. So how did you get out of the the slip? Well, it actually lasted pretty long. It lasted probably a whole year. Wow. And then I was 19 at that point. Yeah. Um, so in November 2022, I was a such a bad place I was absolutely miserable and I was actually on the waiting list for another clinic I well during the past year I was at a treatment center again but only for two weeks because that was even worse than the first yeah and then I was on a waiting list again and it just was at a point where I could not stay at home anymore and my doctor sent me to another clinic and I only spent two hours there waiting for a doctor. And I, well, I, I don't like to use the word traumatized because I think that's very like a critical word, but this situation really was so traumatizing for me when I waited there because- In what way? Well, it was, it was a waiting room for a psychiatric clinic and yeah. I, I did not expect anything because it's a clinic, but they really put all patients to every department in one room. And there were people screaming, people crying. It was when you see a 
psychiatric clinic in the movies. Well, you know that's not always the reality, but that was literally it. That was what I experienced there, and I was so shocked. This was the the first moment of clarity that I had in a year. Where you're like, I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want, I want to get better. I cannot be. Yeah. 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 That was, that was literally it. And then I, I actually made an Instagram (laughs) just to, to hold myself accountable. And I told the clinic that I wanted to leave immediately. I took the bus, the train back home and it went pretty good then and and so so that's from then to now today is yeah yeah. so how what's been how have you managed the eating disorder from from that moment when you looked and you were like no way am i staying on this psychiatric ward i'm going home i'm getting better Obviously, that's a very flick of the switch, but yeah. and that sounds very simple. Yeah. But I'm sure there's been a lot of work that's gone into your recovery, and you're probably still on that recovery journey because I think even now, me that's had anorexia ten over ten years ago, I'm still on that journey of self love and yeah. and understanding myself and understanding my triggers. So, how do you manage? those thoughts on a day-to-day basis well at first I I didn't have to deal with a lot of thoughts at first because I had such a brain fog it was absolutely ridiculous but it did it did help me in the beginning because I just I didn't have to deal with it yeah and when it started to like more in again and and when like the ed voice got louder I was actually quite stabilized I don't know if you can say it like that but I was I was pretty good at that point so it just didn't bother me but I also Mm. journaled a lot that was what helped me the most I think and I got a new therapist and I really get along with her very very well so that really helped me (laughs) what do you think makes a good therapist i've asked this question before but uh it's very rare that because people will go a lot of their life trying to find the right therapist for them so when you do find the right therapist obviously you hold on to them yeah um so what makes this therapist so great well we have quite the same interests I think well I'm really interested in like the medical stuff of an eating disorder and like what's going on in your brain and all that stuff and she writes like articles about that so that was like a main reason why I chose her to be my therapist yeah and yeah she just listens and I I I don't want to sound like super in love with myself or something Mm -hmm. but i i feel like i know a lot about eating disorders and i know a lot about recovery 
but I just don't know how to do it myself. And she knows that as well. Like she tells me, okay, Joe, you know that, but you have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like on one wave. So that's good. Really good. Yeah. And how often do you see this therapist? Currently once a week, but she's actually pregnant. So I'm getting a new therapist next week. Oh, but yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So how long do you think you'll be away from? Have you met this new therapist yet? No, not yet. I will meet her next week. So I'm excited, but also very anxious about it. Yeah, I was going to say that must be quite a scary experience to go from what yeah. you know and what's yeah. helped to this brand new person who knows nothing about you and you've got to kind of yeah. start again. Yeah. But luckily, you're kind of a bit further along in your recovery journey now. Yeah. And like your Instagram page is amazing. And you've, got you such, so you've got such a community on there. Um, and is that something that you're spending a lot of time on at the moment, obviously, whilst you're taking some time out to, and, and I guess that is your journal, isn't it? Instagram. Yeah, it like is. Yeah. And have you, do you get people with eating disorders messaging you and saying, they're going through recovery or maybe even on the, the other end where they think they have an eating disorder and they've seen your page do you receive things like that and if you do how do you deal with that as someone who's also still recovering um well I've met amazing people there I actually met like made quite a few friends I and love that. that's that's amazing um but I do also get lots of messages that where like people tell me about their day and how they eat and all that stuff. And well, it didn't trigger me for quite a long time, but right now I stuff has been getting hard for me like recently. Mm. And I get so many messages right now about from people telling me about their day and all that stuff and it's really hard because I do want to help but also I'm not a therapist and I'm going through my own stuff and yeah. I I do know that I have to protect myself yeah. and so I I feel kind of bad when I don't answer because I I do want to build a community on Instagram and that's obviously all well, most of my day right now <laughs> because I'm not in school right now. Um, but also I can't, I just can't deal with it right now. No, you need to put yourself first. And yeah. it's, uh, it's very difficult because I know from my personal experience with an eating disorder, you just want to fix yeah. everyone's problems yeah. and you want everyone to be where you are yeah. now or to be fully recovered yeah and sometimes in doing that you can put yourself five steps back I mean I've yeah. had that experience personally um where someone I know was, has had an eating disorder and I've been recovered oh, yeah. and then 
I've tried to support them and through supporting them, I've gone back yeah. to being that way. So it's definitely a balance. And obviously what you're doing on Instagram is actually incredible. Um, and I really do think your page is one of the best eating disorder pages I've seen because it's so authentic. Your videos are great. And some of the content that you share is actually really, really interesting and it's very different. Um, and just the way that you've, like the whole aesthetic of the page is, is great. Thank you so much. Would you say you're creative? Because you're going obviously more software engineering route. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say I'm creative at all. <laughs> I well, just... it does not, does not come across like that. <laughs> well, I I think I sometimes maybe just know how to, like, yeah. package what I know. That it comes across like I I am, like, super creative. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you have to do, did you have to read about Instagram before you started this? instagram page and learn a little bit more about building the community or did you just go in there with your eyes closed and just hope for the best yeah i just i just went in there i also didn't have instagram for one or two years before actually i deleted it because it was so well it affected my mental health very negatively yeah and well, obviously, it it was kind of my my own fault because I searched for triggers. Yeah, I, I do have to say that. Like, I I'm not saying that Instagram is like bad for your mental health, but yeah, if... but it can be because there's so there's so many images available, and yeah. even if it's not, you're not searching because I know now that Instagram's banned a lot anything you know self harm imagery or yeah. anything that's promoting um mental health related issues they yeah. just don't they've just banned it for like hashtags but um there's still i think in the world of eating disorders and body image there's still very much a huge amount of imagery that's available without you having to search for it so yeah. people that are in bikinis looking yeah. extremely yeah. toned yeah. and people putting pictures on of their really healthy food and like that for someone with an eating disorder is extremely triggering without having to see someone with an actual eating disorder yeah so i can see where you're coming from and i think the the community that we have now this in, i'm saying we because we're part of this you know mental yeah. health community that's so nice like I log on to that away from my personal Instagram and it's just nice there's just yeah. people supporting each other um there's there's nice quotes or there's information and it seems like everyone just wants to support each other which yeah. isn't really the case on <laughs> an in personal Instagram it's like how can I make my life look as best as it possibly is yeah whereas yeah. i think with the mental health community it's like right life can actually be pretty shit sometimes yeah. and i want people to be aware of that yeah i think um something that i wanted to ask you as well as you kind of touched a little bit on it is is friendships and how oh, yeah. they have been affected with your eating disorder because obviously you spent some time in an impatient and then you relapsed again for a year so 
has that affected your friendships for sure yes well i i was pretty outgoing before the eating disorder and i well i didn't have like lots of very close friends but i had like several groups that i could go to mm-hmm. and i lost contact with most of the people there which sometimes i think it's not that bad because like we weren't such close friends but still sometimes it's it's just sad because people are like going their ways or they're they're obviously were in the same school for a year more than i was and i did mm. <laughs> felt kind of left out oh but it was like not their fault it was not my fault so i kind of made peace with it <laughs> yeah i think yeah that's, that's it's definitely normal to feel left behind when they're all yeah. going on and doing different things um did they understand what was happening to you yeah i think most people understood i know that like one of my closer friends when i told her that i had anorexia and that i struggled it was such a vulnerable moment for me and she i love her from the bottom of my heart still we're very good friends but she took a step back looked me up and down and went oh i didn't notice you have anorexia And I was so you can say shocked. An eating disorder. Yeah, I was so shocked in that moment. I did not know what to say. That this just is like embroidered in my head. <laughs> yeah, because obviously with an eating disorder, as bad as it sounds, when you are in that place you want to be skinny so technically yeah. you do want to look like someone who has an eating disorder which yeah. no matter how much you want to get better yeah um which i always did i always wanted to get better and i was yeah. very much aware of what was going on but yeah it didn't take away the fact that you want to be skinny it's about yeah. being skinny and not about being skinny even from from an aesthetic point of view but just because yeah. of being in control yeah so Yeah, I mean that was def must have been really hard. I I was 15, so young younger than you, but at the time, but I found it really hard being at school and having yeah. an eating disorder and dealing with like girls and just being young and yeah. sometimes girls aren't very nice no. when they're young and yeah, I definitely didn't get the support from yeah. any of my friends um yeah. at the time and then I luckily and recovered and and went went on to sixth form and met some great people there and have some really amazing friends but I definitely lost friends in the process of an eating disorder because you just naturally isolate yourself yeah um and you don't you stop doing all the things that they're doing so if they're going yeah. For it to do something that might involve food or that's going to take you away from your routine you'll avoid yeah. it yeah. so you do naturally lose friends but um 
it's great that you've been able to keep this friend even yeah. if, even if she did even if she did say something but at the end of the yeah. day i think what we've got to understand what you've got to understand which you don't understand at the time is that some people just don't get it which is completely yeah. normal because how can you understand why well, i don't i didn't even get it so yeah. how can somebody who's not yeah. going through it at the time get it mm-hmm. and it, that's the difficulty is like trying to say people probably think they're tre- treading on eggshells trying to say the right things do the right things without offending you yeah which is hard um so in terms of today and you said you're struggling a little bit at the moment is that with just is that with the eating is that with the exercise is there is, do you think there's any triggers that have made you feel like you're, you're slipping back again um well we well i went, went on a family vacation with my family like four or five weeks ago and Obviously, that means getting out of routine and stuff. And I know that routines are not my best friend. <laughs> I think that's maybe it's like an eating disorder thing. Like routines Definitely are, is. yeah. And but I do also need kind of like a structure in my day to not dip into the depression again. So it's a a balance. Yeah. And. In, in vacation, it was just really hard for me because obviously you eat with your family the whole day and we don't have that at home as much because my parents are working, my siblings are at school and it was so different. And then with the different daily routine there, maybe, you're just having two meals instead of three. And this small changes really triggered the eating disorder. And I don't I don't even know why. Maybe my head was already slipping back a bit before. But this really triggered the eating disorder into that. Oh well, if we don't have like three meals now, we can have that home as well Mm. so i did struggle with eating uh, on vacation a lot and also with exercising because i run a lot and i really genuinely enjoy it yeah but on vacation we were like a mountain destination so running is a bit different there because of the I didn't run as often as I would at home, which seems crazy. But it's just like these small changes, I think. Yeah. Really triggered my head a bit. Yeah, and I get that because running used to be my thing as well. And the thing is with running is you become very dependent on that form of exercise. And it's probably the only form of not only form of exercise but so I tr- strength train now I did just do yeah. a half marathon um which was the first time I've ran since really because 
it's a it's very addictive because of the runner's yeah. high as well yeah. so not only do you have like the aspect of being exercise dependent with an eating disorder but you've also got the runner's high as well yeah so it really does become addictive and i completely resonate with you in terms of um feeling bad if you haven't exercised for a certain amount of time and there's such a correlation between eating disorders and exercise dependence like usually they come pretty hand in hand and I think for me it was almost like the eating part wasn't really an issue in the end it was just the exercise and like feeling that real need to exercise and then if I don't exercise I can't eat as much the next day that day yeah but but even you know it it was the mood thing and I think that's actually really normal as well it's being able to try and find that balance of like I want to go for a run because it helps my mental health yeah yeah great but I don't want it to become an addiction as well yeah um and for me, honestly, when, when I was recovering, it was never really, obviously it was the, the, the eating was hard. The eating part was yeah, hard. Sure, yeah. part, meal plan was hard. But what was hard was being told you can't exercise. Yeah. Because it exercise is such a big part of your mental health. So having that taken away from you, no matter whether you've got an eating disorder or not, is, is difficult. But I think it's being able to manage the urge to make, to become obsessive with it yeah um so i very much resonate with what you're going through and i suppose that kind of leads on to the last two points around firstly managing so like thank you for being brave enough and to just say today actually i am struggling because it's easy to come on and have and i appreciate you even coming on and having this conversation with me today knowing that you're not in a hundred percent like mental space like thank you for that um and thank you for being honest because i think people listening to this right now might be struggling with an eating disorder and it's okay to be struggling and it's okay to be recovering and still have those moments or months or few months where it is a bit shit yeah and yeah it's it and and it's important to just know that that is normal but equally you can get out of it yeah so and so in terms of that where how on a how do you think you're managing that right now is there anything that you're doing that if someone's listening right now that might be in a similar place to you that that is helping a little bit with with this blip well i think asking for help because that's what i i really learned the past months that if you're able well if if you have people around you can ask them for help for example i ask my dad a lot of times to prepare my breakfast because i struggle a lot with that and i I I know myself and I know that I would make adjustments that were like that wouldn't be that good for my physical and mental health. Yeah. 
So I ask him, "Hey, Dad, can you prep this, or like, can you, can we like go on a walk together?" So I don't like sprint the whole thing, and that yeah. really helps me. I would really recommend that to anyone going through difficult times, if you can ask. Yeah, I think that's so important, and leaning on those around you for support because yeah. that's what they're there for. Yeah. I know it's sometimes difficult with parents because yeah. you're their daughter and, yeah. and they probably just want you to be better again, but it's yeah. not that easy. And I think what you've touched on throughout this podcast, which is really important, is kind of like hand-holding yeah. your parents sometimes and like outlining like, this is what's going on. This is the solution. How can we do this together? Yeah, It's very easy to assume that because they're the, they're your parents that they'll be able to fix it because that's what parents have always been there for to yeah. fix the problem and sometimes they just can't fix yeah. it and they're they're probably going to have times where they're going to say things that, that are triggering or that aren't very helpful yeah but i think like you said just just giving them giving them the ability to help and like I love the the idea of breakfast because your dad probably really feels like in that moment that he's really really helping you. Yes, yeah. And and that probably makes him feel better about himself because he can't he can't fix the problem, but by yeah. doing these little acts of service, almost he probably feels quite fulfilled and like he is doing the best that he possibly can. Yes, he always asks me, "What can I do to help you? What do you want me to do?" well we have pretty we have a pretty good communication so it's more easy for me to talk to him and he's just so happy when I tell him oh dad can you please do that and I'm I always feel kind of stupid to ask someone to pick food I'm 19 like my head tells me like you're an adult you can do that yeah but then also, I see that my dad is just so happy that he can do anything for me. That yeah. helps me. And my parents always reassure me. Yeah, they always reassure me that when I ask them for for help, that it's fine and that they're rather happy about it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I completely agree. Um, so I think that's probably coming to the end of the conversation. I've had you for quite a while, um, <laughs> but thank you so much for for sharing your experience and again for being brave enough to just say I'm not a hundred percent at the moment, but also giving some great advice on what you can do in those moments where it's not that great, um, and to keep going because it's sometimes it's very easy to just give up yeah. but I think you're a very very strong person um definitely keep on the Instagram because I think that's, <laughs> Thank you so that's great I'll actually share if you don't mind yeah, sure, yeah. so anyone can follow it who's listening if they're not already following your Instagram page Thank um you. but good luck with everything and you, so you are an absolute inspiration and keep going because it will it will all get better in the end and you've got this far so 
I'm I'm sure you'll be able to get out of this small blip. Thank you so so much, and also thank you so much for inviting me, and also for sharing about your story a bit because I resonate so much with it. So thank you. Good. Yeah, I think it's so important to to share that because once yeah. once you share these stories, you realize that everyone is going through exactly the same thing yeah and at the time it feels like what you experience is is so different to what the other person is experiencing but a yeah. lot of the time these mental health issues are very very similar especially when you've got eating disorders yeah they're very similar but i hope that i'm sat here today yeah. over 10 years later and i have fully recovered fully recovered i don't think you ever fully recover yeah yeah. fully fully recover I think it's a journey but I am living a very very happy life accepting of myself accepting my body um so it is possible so you can absolutely do it and I hope in 10 years time you'll look back and be like I'm so glad I got through that blip um I'm a software engineer or whatever you're doing <laughs> and it and it did get better and I promise you Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you are struggling with any of the topics that we've spoken about today, I hope it's made you feel a little less alone. Equally, if you are struggling, please do remember to seek professional advice and support. And finally, if you did enjoy the show, please remember to leave a five-star review. The more people that can be that leave reviews, the higher that we will be seen on Spotify and hopefully the more people this will reach who might need to listen to it today. Thank you so much.